sorry. Good morning, bienvenidos. My name is TN and uh, um, thank you so much for coming here. And today um, we're gonna read about um, Luke and Acts. Let's pray before we start. Loving God, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thanks for this family, Father. Thanks for this church. Thanks for everybody who are here to seek you, Lord. Those who are here to, um, to hear your word. Let your word speak to us. Let your Holy Spirit guide us and be with us. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen. Okay, all who are new here, I just want to give a uh, heads up what we are doing this entire year. We are in the middle of the series of reading through Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Revelation by end of December. Um, if, if I say Revelation, it's the end of the world. Not really end of the world, but it's, the book talks about it. So uh, we can see in Genesis chapter 1, we have uh, learned that God created heavens and the earth. And uh, uh, he created Adam and Eve and uh, the sin entered the world by disobedience. And uh, one thing that fascinates me is the word sin. That uh, three letters, S-I-N. Sin is a kind of hard word that we really just like, oh, this is a really harsh word. But uh, what uh, makes me think very much in these three words, S-I-N, is I. So if you see I points to that I want to do it my way rather than God's way. I want to do my own things rather than God's way of things that he has planned for me. And God always wanted to have a relationship with him, wanted to have a communion with him right from the beginning. We can see from Adam and Eve. But because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, we all fall away apart from the glory of God. And, um, and as we see in a quick story of as they disobeyed, and then we can see God promises this group of people, Israel, and uh, if you see, the whole brokenness came and identified. We can see that in, in, the, in the nation called Babylon. So what do we say if you say Babylon? Ooh, it's kind of hard, big, broken nation. It's like selfishness, like immorality, and a lot of things which is really broken. And uh, if you see that, God chooses a couple from that nation. Abraham and Sarah. God promised, through you and your descendants, I'm going to bring up a king who's going to rule over all earth. And that's where we start looking at Jesus. You might ask, like, who's this guy Jesus? That's the biggest question that I had when I came to the United States. Jesus is the son of God who came to this earth. He lived a perfect, pure, and powerful life. Look here and narrates. Jesus, if, he, uh, uh, if you have read uh, Matthew and Luke, um, Matthew points in a different way, and Luke points in a different narrative. And Luke gives us a, a, a descriptive, very deep information about <coughs> Jesus. Jesus being a humble, Jesus being very 
uh, calm and being come for the poor. So, and if you see that, you can ask me this question. Hey, we are going through each and every book of the Bible, one book at a time. Why are we reading Luke and Acts together? Like, that's kind of like two books, you might ask. Like, But actually, if you see, the book of Luke and Acts is written by Luke the physician. And uh, if you see, like, Luke addresses to this person called Theophilus. Who's this guy, Theophilus? If you, uh, if you can look at your bulletin, it would point to, in verse 3, it says, You most excellent Theophilus. The, the, the word Theophilus means friend of God in Greek. Your friend, my friend, Theophilus. And uh, Luke points to this person, Theophilus, just talking to each and every one of you here. And uh, you can be Theophilus. You can be Theophilus. I can be Theophilus. All who are reading the book of Luke is Theophilus. And uh, Luke gives a very uh, deep, uh, journalistic point of view of who is Jesus? What did he do? What is he trying to tell us? And what, is, what did he does for us? So Luke just de describes everything very deeply in the book of Luke and Acts. And if you see, uh, Luke gives a genealogy of Jesus right from Adam. And if you see in Matthew, he gives a genealogy from Abraham. He's gone a little bit more deeper that God's promise to have a relationship with him, to restore us in his image, has been very deep. And he points right away from Adam all the way to Jesus. And through Jesus, we find hope. And all who are lost can be found in Jesus. So just to uh, understand more about Jesus, Jesus was born in a manger. We have this black and white, we have very fancy hospital, but Jesus was born very humble. He was born between these goats and sheep and shepherds. Just imagine that how the king of this world, the Lord of Lords, was born in very simple environment. We have all these things. Jesus has humbled himself. And uh, we can see that Luke gives very deep narrative about it and in the bulletin we see like we chose this passage which was like very close to me that it talks about three lost parables Jesus when uh, in his ministry while he was sharing the kingdom of God on this earth he talks to the sinners he talks to this broken people he goes with his tax collectors and then people who are prostitutes and who are broke people. He goes to them and he just like sits down and casually talks with them, eats with them. Then like these Pharisees would like, why is this guy doing like this? Who's this guy healing on a Sabbath? And why is he doing this? He's going against And uh, Luke points very clearly about Jesus giving these parables. He gives us three parables continuously along with the, the, the question that's raised by Pharisees. That the first parable that we see in Luke chapter 15 is that the parable of the lost sheep. And the second parable is parable of, of the lost coin. And the third parable is parable of the lost son. So three parables, just going one by one, Jesus explains us how we can be found in God. 
And in the first parable, we see that this person, uh, this shepherd, just loses his, one of his sheep. And then he just like goes and finds the sheep. And then like, he's like, praise God, I just found the sheep. Like rejoice, let's rejoice. And then like he just, <laughs> just stay there. And they're like, yeah, I got my sheep. I'm just going to go home and like, I'm going to sit down and sleep. But he doesn't do that. What he does is that he just picks up the sheep, put it on his shoulder, he just goes home, like he's just like, hey, I just found the sheep. Like, we might think like, this guy could have just got the sheep, he can just sell it in the Lapulga and like make some, oh, yeah. and then get good money out of it, but he doesn't, he doesn't, talk, he doesn't talk about it. But the idea is that this shepherd finds a sheep, he rejoices with it. And then we see the second parable that I relate very, deeply with it because I hear uh, uh, this story, it's not a story basically, it's, it's a real thing that happened in my uh, aunt's life. That, um, just to give this story uh, br briefly, my aunt had his son, he was lost, he just ran the house and then he, he didn't come back till later years. He, he still, she, she couldn't find him, he's lost. And then she still waits for this person every single day. We can relate this to parable of the prodigal son. Uh, and along with it, we have this story about this woman um, who loses her coins. She had a 10 silver coins, and then she loses one coin. And like she just looks for this coin everywhere in his house, like taking the lamb, just looking under the carpet, looking in the closet, looking everywhere. She couldn't find it she finally finds it somewhere and then she's like yes i found this silver coin like i'm just gonna rejoice like she just like jumps up like she just goes tells her neighbors she tells everybody and she, she just rejoices with it like you might ask question like why is this woman just looking for this one silver coin what's what's with this silver coin just to give a give a, a brief idea about the silver coin in olden days it's still applicable in current time this woman had this 10 silver coins. She loses this one silver coin. This silver coins represents her life. Because it's, like, it's kind of like a dowry. If you know the idea of a dowry or not, it's still there in, in different countries. It's in India too. That you have to, the girl's family has to save up property or certain gold or silver to give that as a dowry to the guy to get married. So I'm from India, I'm not gonna ask the dowry, but that's a different story. I'm saying this idea of this woman saving up her 10 silver coins. And once she loses one coin, she's losing her life. Just think about each and every one of us losing our life in small things. We might think it's very small, but it means a lot to God. She lost her one silver coin and she just like wanders everywhere to look for that silver coin. That is her life. And then we have this third parable that it's also called um, the story of the, the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, you might have heard this father has two sons. The first son just asked, Father, I just want all the things that I want to get from my side. And like he, his dad's like, okay, son, I'm just going to give you this. And then he just wraps up everything. He just goes somewhere far to a different country. And then like 
he just spent all his money. I don't know what he did. He spent, maybe he went to a casino or he went some, did something. But uh, he spent all his money. And then eventually he ends up losing all his money. And, and like he would just go to a, a person that country and he would uh, ask him like, hey, can I work with you? And then he become a servant uh, with him. And then there would be a big famine in that country. And eventually he doesn't have food. And this son just looks for food. He, he might be hungry. And then he just literally goes and eats the food the pigs eat. Scripture points out very clearly that he goes and he just picks up this food that this pigs eat. At that moment, he thinks that my father had so many servants. I could be one of the servants. I could just go back to my father, plead for forgiveness, and then ask to be a servant with my dad. Like this story reminds me of one thing in my life that uh, when I was a child, uh, maybe you can also relate that. When I was a kid, my mom used to give me there's like a little bit of money to just to go buy in a small grocery store near my house. I would just go, just jumping like children. I would just go and ask, hey, uh, just, and I would pick up some money and then I put it in my pocket like, all right, I just, I don't know, like I would lose some money that my mom, change that I get back. And then I would come back home, like my mom would ask me like, hey, where is this change that I gave you $10? You're just giving me $2 back? You should be getting $6. Like, uh, mom, I don't know what happened. Like, I would get like good spanking, chanclas, and like whatever. <laughs> so in India, you get like a bamboo stick. Like, so I would be so afraid while coming back, knowing that I lost my change, and like I don't know what my mom is gonna do. This guy here, just he he has taken all his most of his portion of his property he just loses everything and he is so brave enough I can do that but we all can relate this to this person who lost his thing and he wants to come back to his dad and then um, like in the story he comes back to his dad like his dad does something very special he doesn't give him a spanking or like he doesn't do anything. He just sees his son and he just like embraces him. He just hugs him and then he just tells his servants, just go get the robe, just go put a sandals to him, give him ring. He just, he just says that he just rejoices. Over and over in these three parables, we see that the person who loses something, when he comes back and when he finds it, they rejoice. And, and there is this other brother. He's just so angry at this, this son who just like lost everything. And then his, uh, he would just like go and tell like, I can also say that like I was very jealous. I have a younger brother. It's kind of same, similar story I would say. I have a younger <laughs> brother. Like when he was like, uh, me and my brother was like four years apart. And he was very little. Like my mom and dad used to care for him so much. And then like, I used to think like, who am I? Am I not your son? Like, 
you're just giving everything to him, like you're just not taking care of him. Taking care of him. Like you're just giving me two tostadas and you're giving him three? Like what what is it? Like this is not this is not fair. Like, we all can relate in some way, we have this jealousy towards our siblings or maybe our friends. Just like go to somebody's house, like just just giving him everything, not me. What happened? So in this way, this second brother is very jealous at this this brother who ran away, left everything, did party or whatever it is. So he comes back pleading for forgiveness, and then it's so fascinating what his dad says. This father says very 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 interesting, and he says like. In verse 23, he just like, asked him to get this fattened, like, calf. Like, I can relate that to, like, the cabrito, like, which has, uh, maybe, like, nice bacon. He would have made very nice fattened bacon. But he says this, For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He says this over and over two or three times, that this son who's lost, is back again. In response to uh, this thing, he tells the same thing to uh, his other son when he just comes back to his father and he asks him, like, what are you, what, why are you doing this? And he says that, but we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and alive again. He was lost and is found. I can relate to this story very well because I want to give a, a real quick testimony. Um, of where I come from. I was born and raised in India. You might know um, a religion called Hindu. There is more than 33 million gods. You name what, there is a, there is a god. There is, might be a god for book, a god for table. There might be a god for anything that you can think of. I was born and raised in that uh, religion, but I had so many questions. I, I had this question like, why there is so many gods? Why not one loving god? Why there's people who are suffering? Why there's people who are lost? Why I can't feel satisfied with what, what I have? Why I can't just be peaceful? I've been like looking for this answers, questions that I had. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't find a lot of answers. I always felt there's, there's one God, one loving God. And I was, I was, when I came to the United States, I came to the United States to start an orphanage in India. Just earn money, more money, just like be rich and go back to India, help people. But God had a better plan. When I came here, I was lost. I was lost in such a way that I felt very empty. I felt, I asked God, like, why did you bring me here? Why am I here? And then God found me and he, he revealed who he is to me. And he is rejoicing with me every day. And in the same way, this story, these parables that Jesus talks, each and every one of us can relate to one portion of it. You can be the lost sheep. You can be the shepherd who lost the sheep. You can be the son who ran away, who's running, who's still running away, far away from God, from Jesus. You can be the the woman who lost her coin, almost lost her life. And you can be the, the person who's a brother, who's jealous, who's just, just thinking like, who's judging other people, 
who's trying to say, why is this happening to him and, and good things happening to me, him and, and not me? Every one of us can relate to these three parables. But there's hope that you can be found in Christ. One day, your Father in Heaven is going to rejoice with you. Like how these three parables Jesus talks, that rejoice. He, they just rejoice with, just not family, but they rejoice with their neighbors. They rejoice with their friends. You all can will rejoice before Father. And then Jesus humbled himself. He came down to this earth, lived a perfect, pure, and powerful life. He died on the cross for each and every one of you. He rose again on the third day. And he's still alive. He is looking for each and every one of us who's lost. And he has promised this command for each and every one of us. If you see in Acts chapter 1, um, this we have seen like Luke and Acts are written by this one person, is Luke. And he's addressing this to this, your friend, my friend, Theophilus. Each and every one of you is Theophilus. And he is telling his disciples, after he rose again, he's telling his disciples, just wait, I'm going to give you something. I'm just going to give you something. Wait, go and wait in Jerusalem, I'm going to give you something. And then it's so fascinating how Luke is just linking towards the Old Testament. If you see in, in Old Testament, there is this nation called Babel. There, God just, there, everybody is speaking one language. Everybody speaks one language. All the world, just imagine this, just speaking one language. God scatters these people, making them speak different languages. And here, we see something very similar. And if you see in the bulletin that, in Acts chapter 1, that God says to uh, these people, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? You see, in the Old Testament, this Israel kingdom fell away, and then God promised that He's going to restore. And these guys were thinking that God is going to just like He's a king, He's going to come back, He's just going to do a like Thanos snap and do just like wipe everything, wipe everybody who's bad. But but these disciples were thinking that Jesus is going, Jesus is going to do the Thanos snap, but He's not going to do that. He said, he said to them, it is not for you to know dates and times. And he said, like, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Just wait for that. Amen. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see the, the day of the Pentecost. That these disciples were waiting, like, what's going to happen? And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to come. Like, what's, what, what is it going to do? And if you see, like as I said, like in Babel, God scatters them. To the ends of the world here he does the same thing he makes them speak different languages of different nations it's all fascinating how I can relate to that it's because like I come from India I speak uh, four or five different languages because you have to speak so if you've seen this this one of his disciples I, I get just I get so excited to say that because I always get chills that this disciple of Jesus 
came all the way to India and shared the gospel. Amen? So he shared the gospel in India. And it's more fascinating that he came to my hometown. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? That Thomas the Apostle came all the way to India and he shared, he proclaimed the gospel. In Indian language, maybe, I don't know. It may be in Tamil, Telugu, whatever the language it is, I, I really, really don't know. But the, the, the interesting thing is that he came to India, he shared the gospel. It's so fascinating that how our Lord promise is fulfilled. Each and every one of you, maybe from South America, Central America, maybe from like Americans. America is built in diversity. Nicaragua, Puerto Rico, Spain. We all are from different countries gathered here as church. We all speak different languages. I speak different language. You speak different language. God's promise is fulfilled with us through this holy book, Bible. And he proclaimed his word through his disciples, the ends of the world. Wow. Isn't it fascinating how our Lord wants to reach each and every one of you? And he reached me. I'm from India, 30 hours away. I flew all the way here. He had a plan. Amen. God has a plan in each and every one of you. Yes. You might be lost at this moment in some aspect of your life. There is hope that God is going to find you. He's rejoiced with you. And if you see in Acts chapter 2 that the church that God promised, these disciples were obedient. They gathered together in houses. They prayed together in the temple. And then they shared whatever they had. They had their things they shared. Like they just lived like how Jesus lived. Jesus wants us to be his disciples. Each and every one of us are called to be his disciples. To seek him, to follow him, and to be in a relationship. You were lost for a long time, but you can be found, found today. And the disciples gave what they had. Time, money, fellowship, love, and everything that they had. Today, to me sometimes, it's hard for me to give my time. Like more, than, more than money, time is very valuable here in America. There might be people who, who, who need time, who need love to be with them. Each and every one of you have a brother or a sister in Christ who is lost. You're all made in the image of God. Wants to be found. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your, your word, for your message that you gave us, Father. We are all lost at one time. You found us. You are with us, Father, here at this moment. We pray that uh, you would just guide us and embrace us and rejoice with us, Father, as brothers and sisters. One day, 
your promise is going to be fulfilled. One day we're going to be with you rejoicing in the heaven, Father. Seeking you and praising you. Every day. I pray that who are lost at this moment, you find them, Father. You reveal yourself to them. You, you be with them, Father. Show your love through a brother or a sister. Let us be your disciples. Let all that we have, we share as blessing to one another. Let the tithes that we give to you, let that glorify you, Father. I pray that all the blessings that we have, we can share and can rejoice as a family in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I ask for you. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Let's, let's uh, continue our worship. Thank you so much.